Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Doing well. Good. Thank you. Good. We will pursue our goal, that is spreading out information and search for the truth. Yes, always. And, uh, you know, one of the first things you have to do when you're searching for truth is use some common sense on where you go looking. <laughs> so if we go to our government, uh, in general, generally speaking, not everybody in government or in the Congress can't give you some truth, but uh, for the most part, that isn't where you're going to find a lot of truth. And you can't... Uh, you can't go to the internet and expect that you're going to get a, uh, you know, a, a, a clear message there because uh, you're going to see good stuff and bad stuff and you're going to see people condemned and fired and kicked off and canceled and all these things. So um, as it has always been, searching for the truth requires a little bit of an incentive to really look for it and study it which to me means that you have to have a little bit of cooperation with anybody who's thinking along these lines uh, without just arguing and fighting or closing people out. But that is a, those are old rules, but I think those are the kind of things that we'd like to follow. But you know, uh, just recently with this Omicron uh, virus came out, I would say there was a pretty serious hysterical reaction to the market, yeah. uh, to, to the stock market as well as this whole incident. People, people really, uh, you know, just went out of their minds, scared people, and oh, more lockups and everything else. And uh, it was going to be so severe. But now uh, we reported and talked on that and tried to say, you know, take it easy a little bit. But you know, the next day, within probably 48 hours, all of a sudden you have the stories, even the establishment <clears throat> of those individuals who really pump up the hysteria are saying, you know, maybe it's not so bad. So you know it must not be so bad if uh, the uh, conventional media is now uh, softening their stand. And I want to start off with this first article, Sigh of Relief in South Africa as Omicron variant appears to be super mild. Uh -huh. That's good news. And uh, so the dust is settled and they overreacted. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll uh, embark now and they will change their minds and we will embark on a more sensible course uh, dealing uh, with COVID. Uh, and uh, the, the other thing is, is uh, uh, they also found out when they started looking at that is the uh, with this mild mutation that they have, the statistics on COVID deaths uh, uh, didn't jump up. You know, if it had been bad when they add up all the deaths together, but that they never proved a whole lot by having that measurement, even during the middle of the epidemic, there were deaths and they were increased, but did they sort it all out? Where exactly did the deaths come from and all? But right now, they, certainly they're saying, well, uh, you know, it can't be much, even though they have only had two days to test it. But I think it goes along with the fact that uh, people have had to back off because I think they were getting to look a little bit silly uh, because it meant Lockdown, lockdown, you know, masks and all these kind of things, more vaccines and, and, uh, and, and the people 
people were reacting negatively, although there were those in the establishment that uh, said, oh, you're going to kill everybody if you don't go along with what Dr. Fauci tells us to do. So uh, I think there's a little shifting of gears, and we want to put a perspective on it now. Yes, there was a lot of hysteria. There's still some. And now we're getting evidence they shouldn't have been as hysterical. But there's still some people who aren't giving up. Yeah. You know, so in spite of it all, they didn't just say, well, let's tone it down a little bit. Maybe the rules have changed. There's still some people, they just, just buckled on and say, yeah. we have to be more firm on making sure that we never give up on these vaccine passports. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's put up that first clip, and here's what we're talking about. This is an article from, from City AM. We have that first clip here. It is sigh of relief in South Africa, as Dr. Paul said. As Omicron variant appears to be super mild mutation with COVID death rate not jumping. And the next uh, link uh, is a quote from that article, if we can put that up. Um, there's a quote I'd want to read out, a couple quotes. The WHO and coronavirus experts are increasingly convinced the Omicron variant is super mild and has so far not led to a jump in COVID death rates anywhere in Southern Africa. And the WHO, of course, that's you, you, they're the experts, you can't contradict them. They say they're calling this morning for countries to drop travel restrictions and end the mass hysteria and instead be cautiously optimistic as more and more reports out of South Africa suggest new Omicron is not more lethal than the Delta variant. And even Dr. Francis Collins, who we made fun of last week, I think it was, for being really super kooky, he's the director of the National Institutes of Health, he concurs with this too, though. He says, I do think it's more contagious when you look at how rapidly it spread through multiple districts in South Africa, although he emphasized there's no data that it causes more illness than the previous, uh, than the previous uh, versions of this virus. And here's the part, again in this article, we keep seeing it over and over, this idea that Omicron could kill off Delta. And it says, um, looking at the first data coming out of Southern Africa, virologist Mark Von Roos said this weekend, quote, if the Omicron variant is less pathogenic, but with greater infectivity, allowing Omicron to replace Delta, this would be very positive. In fact, you know, you know this certainly better than I do, but if this, weak, if this weaker guy takes over the tougher guy and everyone gets the weaker one, then basically, you know, COVID is gone. So the question is, if this is the case, why are countries doing everything they can to prevent a weaker form from supplanting the more lethal form? I, I think they, we don't have an agreement on what science is really about yeah, so. between the politicians and some uh, true experts in this field. You know, I have a sort of a personal theory on this that says that, you know, they're giving a lot of vaccines and if they don't work, you just give them more vaccine. Yeah. And they're talking about having boosters all along. I've never, I don't think there's ever been a disease where so many injections have been, ha have been given. And the more they do it, the more, the more confused they get. So I think there's a time when uh, the vaccines are actually altering the virus enough that the body is thinking that they're dealing with an infection. Uh -huh. You know, and they can do that because what gets in our body, our body is trained to react to it. So uh, yes, it's trying to react to, you know, to a, a virus and I'll do it a certain way. But if you change the virus all the time, you have, it's a real 
work and a job for the body to adjust every time. How am I going to do this? Then they're attacking the treatment. Uh -huh. And uh, that's why they, I think they get these mixed up uh, statistics that don't show, uh, you know, any pattern other than the fact that things aren't working well. And a lot of people are aware of the fact that this uh, virus uh, was not fully tested and fully approved. And I think the telltale story about that and one of the things that has to be done if they ever want to have a better system is they cannot exempt a pharmaceutical company from liability yeah. because that is rejecting and dismissing one of the principles of the free market that what you do, you do contracts, you live up to your promises and uh, you have to be held to the, your responsibility to not hurt people so if uh, if they can if they can get liability protection from the taxpayers what does it do and then you get they get the money for the drug yeah, for the, the profits <laughs> I wonder if that'll encourage uh, you know subsidize something you get more of it you get uh, more chances taken and more virus and more vaccine I wonder how many dollars have already been spent I mean there's what six or seven companies are doing this and uh, they say it's for free don't worry about it you yeah. know it's all for free yeah sure it causes a few deficits a few deficits cause printed money and uh, the printed money who has to pay for it these people that the people that are thinking they're getting it for free yeah. but when they when they go to the store and realize they're paying twice as much for a loaf of bread and they'll say oh maybe uh, maybe that's right maybe uh, that's the tax that we're paying to have all this good medical care uh, passed out by Dr. Fauci. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the interesting thing that we want to talk about next really is this whole idea about, you know, even though they're saying this is more mild and it's, uh, you know, which is good news, we like good news, they're still saying you've got to go get your shots, you've got to do it or else. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, the first two cases that were identified with the Omicron uh, variant in Africa were fully vaccinated. Uh, and that's why probably on your last point, the Moderna CEO was saying, no, our, our, our vax is no good. We've got to make a new one. It won't work. <laughs> yeah. But we want to talk about this, um, this next topic, um, which is a study from The Lancet. So this isn't us talking. This is a serious medical journal until they screwed up last year. But that's a whole different story. Put up the next clip because the headline is very important. The epidemiological relevance of COVID-19 vaccinated population is increasing and that's using a fancy term to say that more people who are vaccinated are getting and passing on the virus and go next and here's a quote from a, from an article about this study because this is in language that's a little too fancy for our show Dr. Paul <laughs> <laughs> examining new infections in Germany researchers found that the rate of cases among fully vaccinated individuals aged 60 and older has risen from 16.9% in July to 58.9% in October. So so-called breakthrough cases now are the majority. In the space of three weeks in Britain, 100 COVID cases were reported among individuals who are 60 or older. Out of those infections, 89.7% of people were fully vaccinated, while 3.4% were unvaccinated. Massive majority of the population who were infected with COVID are vaccinated. How can they keep talking about very rare breakthrough cases of vaxxed people? So the whole rationale for pushing these, obviously, is even the Lancet shows, 
is really literally falling apart before our eyes. That's right. And you, you would think the conclusion would be relax. Yeah. It's just relax if a little bit. If you want to take it, it's up to yeah. you. And, and this whole thing is, is the, the, the non-crisis is over. Uh, essentially, it, it looks like it's not going to be, uh, you know, a, uh, a an epidemic uh, a lot worse than what we've yeah. ever had. It, it's going to go away. But the uh, some of the people are rising up. The markets and the patients, uh, frequently, you know, are are now sensing that this this is not uh, going to be, you know, a whole a very very bad situation. But at the same time, we have these people that say. You better not give up too soon because we have to protect you because we don't know yet. You know, they'll come up with another excuse not to stop all these things. But the, as time goes on, it's going to be harder and harder to uh, 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 reimpose these, uh, these mandates. Yeah. And, and that's where the resistance is coming. And that's where we're, we're getting a couple court rulings in, in yeah. our favor and saying, look, stand back. But uh, here you would think they'd back off a little bit, but we have this tug of war going on, and uh, we'd like to help those people that would like to make up their own minds rather than the government help them ha be able to do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, overreaction to a mild, thankfully mild variant, put up this next clip because Germany's in the news this morning. Uh, Merkel promised they would never lock down again, and of course she lied because she's Merkel and a politician. Germany announces de facto COVID lockdown for the unvaccinated. If you don't have the shot, you literally can't do anything in Germany. I like Dr. Eli David's comment on this. He said, a crazy idea that started in Austria is quickly adopted in Germany. Hmm, <laughs> because we know that Austria locked down everyone last week. So even though these cases are mild and even though Germany is absolutely vaccinated already, they're still locking them down. They want to find a scapegoat. They've done that before, right? They want to find a scapegoat, someone to blame. Uh, let's look at the next case because this is also Dr. Eli David, and this is a great chart. Thanks to its draconian COVID passport and the strictest mask mandate in the world, Germany has finally flattened the curve, dot, 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 but along the wrong axis. And you can see that uh, COVID cases in Germany, since all of these draconian measures were put in place, have skyrocketed. The measures they have taken have done nothing, nothing to slow the spread of the virus in Germany. You think maybe they'd say, huh, maybe we should try something different. No, full lockdown. Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and always trying to figure out why, why, why. And I think most people wonder, why, why did they do this? Why did they resist? Why are they not using a little bit of common sense? And there's probably a bunch of reasons. But one, one thing is, is they do invest a lot of time and energy, and, and some are innocently going along because they think, well, that guy's a little, he's smart, he's been around a long time, I gotta go along with it. Others are concerned about losing their jobs and being punished for this. Uh, sometimes there's a, you know, a monetary uh, thing going on. But then there's also some that I'm convinced who are designed right now in all that we're doing economically and socially and what's going on in our streets and the riots in the street is chaos is their goal. Yeah. You know, that, that, that most people say, oh, they, 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 that wouldn't be the case. But more and more people think that that is the case. But that actually provides an answer on why they, they do some of these things and why it seems so inconsistent. You know, there, there's a danger. 
oh, it's not so bad. But we got to still go after the yeah. danger and uh, because what they want is to confuse the people and they want more chaos and they figure on the, on the, on the end the breakdown of uh, you, know, you know society, whether it's economic or medical or whatever, is their goal because they will always come in. Authoritarians, you know, have, have the answers. And so, therefore, they have to prove to everything, everybody that this thing is so bad now you'll have to depend on us totally. But our goal, of course, is that uh, people wake up and, and become less dependent on the authoritarians, no matter what their promises are, because their promises are always going to be grandiose. And that's the way it's worked for all time, you know, that the people who are inclined for dictatorship are, in, in, are inclined to make rash promises. And, uh, and unfortunately, it usually takes too many years for people to wake up. Yeah. But I think uh, the people are starting to wake up over COVID and all this nonsense. And this one moved quickly, you yeah. know, this episode. Yeah. So uh, that's good. Well, if anything, you know, if Omicron is, Omicron is, is less lethal, it's like a mild cold, you get a headache and the sniffles, what have you, the case is even stronger than ever to follow what they recommended over a year ago in the Great Barrington Declaration, which is people that are vulnerable should be protected, uh, whatever that means, and the rest, they should allow this thing to run through society. If you get a sniffle and it's going to kill COVID forever, it seems like a decent trade-off. And they do have to wonder, why are they trying to prevent COVID from burning out? What are they thinking? Maybe they're afraid of losing control. That's right. You know, through fear. There was an article today uh, dealing with whether or not patients should be able to take ivermectin. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it as a physician uh, already during this period of time even calling in even though I've kept up with all of my licenses and all that and prescribed medicine mm -hmm. uh, you know to a certain degree that I, I couldn't get that prescription filled ivermectin uh -huh. and uh, but it's still legal it has a track record and uh, the FDA has given approval. They claim they haven't given full approver, approval for this particular virus because it's recent and they yeah. haven't really taken the time uh, to study this. But there was a case up in Il Illinois uh, and there was an individual uh, and uh, I, I think he might have been a visitor or a recent immigrant or whatever, but he got very, very sick and the family knew a little bit about ivermectin and they wanted him to get this but uh, the, the gentleman was very elderly and very sick and and uh, the the family argued with the doctor but there was no agreement you know the doctor the hospital knew what the rules were and they would not even really consider it and finally the the patient's family went to a, a judge and this is sort of sad that you have to go to a judge to get permission to do what you should have the right to do anyway as yeah. long as the family and the doctor agree that's that means the doctor patient relationship is just being undermined and that the interference is either bureaucrats is the bureaucrats against you know finding a judge that might help you out uh, but anyway the, the judge said he gets to get to take the medicine now you might say well that you, you could just deal with this with rights he has he's restored it and moved it in the direction where uh, the patient got what the family wanted but the best part of this particular story and it's only one case this patient got better and, and improved 
dr dramatically. And uh, there's been stories of people who really believe in ivermectin that, oh, yeah, you know, that's not, it might help a little bit. If you keep it real early, yeah. real early, then, then you don't know what would have happened anyway. But uh, most people didn't, don't think that you, you should even try it much in here. But this to me doesn't give you the final answer of how much you can give and how often or how long, how long you can wait. But it, it, what it does, it invites people to think if they want to be honest with themselves, they need to do a lot more research on how, how you can prescribe this and give it even in later stages. Maybe we're underusing it rather than, the, you know, this idea we're overusing it. But uh, do you think there's any chance that the pharmaceutical companies could be involved in this yeah. decision-making? Yeah. They say yeah. just, take, take, just take more drugs and more vaccine, and yet I think this gentleman had already had his vaccination. Yeah. Well, the, the point of this segment is that we're not telling people to take ivermectin because we don't know if it works. We have no idea, and unfortunately, the, the, the people in charge refuse to study it, so it's unknown. But in this particular case, it's interesting because he's an elderly gentleman, 71 years old, from Hong Kong. He came over to the U.S. to visit his granddaughter uh, on her first birthday. He became very ill with COVID-19. Uh, close to death, the family says. He was actually on a ventilator, which is a pretty bad sign. And his family went to court to get permission to use this. Now, usually, it seems like if you're on the verge of death, they'd be allowing you to do something. They had to go to court. They gave it to him, and for whatever reason, we don't know because no one studies it, for whatever reason, he began to improve very quickly, and he survived and lived. But as you say, one of the real casualties of this episode in our history, this dark, dark episode, is the absolute just utter destruction of the doctor-patient relationship. Yes, and... Um you know, uh, if a person is practicing good medicine, this is my personal philosophy, that the, the relationship to the patient, the social relationship, you know, and how you treat the people and talk to the patients and how your staff talks to patients because there's a, a lot of subjectivity in, in medicine. That's why I think you ended up with the term practice of medicine. So you do this and try to adapt to the events of going on and empathy is a, is a great tool. But in, in this, this seems to be so cold, you know, what we're yeah. gonna hear, this is a cold way. So that adds, adds to the problem. But uh, this, uh, it's a, I, I, I would think that uh, it would encourage more people to look more into this. It is being used, but I think right now when it's being used, uh, it's uh, more for early stages, but it might be encouraging that maybe it should be used uh, no matter how sick the patient is. Yeah, people should be allowed to do what they want. Well, the next, our, our, our last story today is, we'll, we'll file this under weird. Um, <laughs> let's put up a clip. Um, not the next one, actually just skip ahead too because we already talked about the, the gentleman. Skip to that last uh, JPEG if we can for our final segment. Sweden, get your vaccine passports in a chip in your hand or elsewhere under the skin. It's increasingly popular to insert an IOB chip into the body with different types of data. Now you can insert your COVID certificates in the chip. This is what they're doing in Sweden. Uh, a few months ago, well, when people were saying this last year, they were saying you're, you're a weird conspiracy theorist. You're out of your minds. Now they're doing it. It's a little scary. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some people will say, well, Sweden, they've done pretty well. Maybe they're on track to doing something, and I think some people are actually doing it already voluntarily. I mean, 
But uh, still, if that's what they decide to do, that's one thing. But it's also a lot of this stuff is uh, is worldwide. This is what's uh, really impressed me on how in the world have they been able to have this uh, hysterical reaction be worldwide and engulf so many people. There's a lot of this type of thing goes on, but a lot of time it's narrow, one country or one region, and it lasts for a bit, and, and the hysteria fades away. But uh, the hysteria right now, uh, as we've often mentioned, the treatment has been uh, very devastating to a lot of people. You know, and the kids, you know, we talk about, you know, the mask on little kids. They never proved a thing that masks have ever prevented a disease for kids. And yet uh, parents, uh, parents still feel very obligated, yeah. uh, less so now. So things are moving in the right direction. But uh, so even though one would say, well, that this is really over the top. Uh, yeah. Who's who's going to do this and say that? Well, it'd be it'd be so much nicer. I won't have to dig out my credit cards. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Just here, and they can tell, and they're going to take care of me anyway. Oh, well, yeah, we know what you need. Yeah, that's the kind <laughs> so, of stuff that got Alex Jones kicked off all the media. You know, a couple of years ago, turns out uh, he's right. Well, I'm going to close. If you think we're sure. done, I'm going to close with a little clip. Um, uh, and uh, before I do that, though, I'm going to just remind our viewers of Dr. Paul's new book and how it is a gift to you for your support of the Ron Paul Institute, which puts on the Ron Paul Liberty Report. A gift of $50 will get you a copy of this book, and for $100, Dr. Paul will sign a copy. We are moving into our last week of this offer. We've had huge demand. Poor Dr. Paul, his hands are cramped up <laughs> from signing all these books. Um, but we can't go on forever, plus we are definitely going to do our best to get everyone's to them before Christmas. So we're getting into the last week. Uh, don't wait. We want to make sure we get it to you. Uh, I will include instructions on how you can make your donation in the description of the show when we're done. But finally, Dr. Paul, you just have to watch this video. This is Joe Biden. He's going in to sign a bill into law. And it's just all about the theater. He put on his mask for two seconds, then he takes it off to turn to people and talk. So sick of the theater. Now let's watch this, this is insane. It's just, it's just hilariously insane. How are you doing, man? Good to see you. Okay, where we... I'm gonna tell you all, I only have one pen. <laughs> So you're all, you all, no, you're, you're all going to get a pen, but I only got one with me today. I, I, I couldn't figure out how to pick 50 of them up here, but thank you. All right. Congratulations. All right. Here we go. Okay. So... <laughs> When he's talking to the people close around him, he has it off. When he leans over the bill to sign it, he puts it back on. I guess he doesn't <laughs> want to give that folder COVID or something. I think somebody is kind of missing the point on this. You know, we see a fair number of clips uh, now, you, you know, with, with the president. And it's, uh, it's really well received by the Republican because they gloat over it. Yeah. But I have to confess, I'm not a real good Republican because I have trouble gloating. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's something that's pathetic and you can't possibly have sympathy 
it, when you're in politics for the opposition to being uh, do, doing harm to himself. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't like the gloating, but uh, it still has to be pointed out. But some of them, that's all they do. Yeah. And uh, I think the, uh, the message is stronger when people figure this out. But that's just my, my personal opinion that uh, the, uh, uh, the, the sad part, and there are so many clips, some of these clips, you know, even in the campaign were so bad. But uh, it's also the reason if you want to find out what the, uh, what the people are thinking, there's a lot of polling that tells you that uh, he is slipping. Uh, and, uh, but where the real slippage is, is, is how we pick and choose our presidents. When you think about what was going on with uh, all the line with the Russia gate going on and this, this uh, happening and, uh, and, the, and, and the people covering this up, I mean, there's some real problems there. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the process that we have, they say, uh, you, you know, you, you don't have any other choices because they're all worse than what we do. Now, I don't think that's the case. The problem really is there's too much government and we have too many bureaucrats in there, too much money involved. And yes, we have imperfect people. If you could shrink the size of the government, a bit, and I'll tell you what percentage I'd like it shrunk. And if if you could do that, it would minimize and reduce the amount of tragic circumstances that come, whether it's in medicine, the monetary system, spending, economics, warmongering, and all these things. Uh, it, it would be a, a real blessing in uh, in having individuals who are designed and uh, representing us for the purpose of protecting our, our liberties. But I would think that uh, uh, the, the goal has to be to have no less uh, uh, removal of about 80% of our government, 20% of what we have now. I really sincerely believe the country would do okay. You know, just think if you'd had a non-interventionist foreign policy, you mean that we wouldn't have had anybody killed on the American side or the foreigners that we bombed since World War II? Yeah, that would be it. How many billions? No, how many trillions of dollars would we have saved? So it goes on and on. And what about the cities that are blowing up now and they're burning it down, the people are being rewarded? So the result is, well, let's fire all the police. So we don't need them. And if you arrest somebody, you put them in prison and say, oh, that's not nice to them. They killed somebody and they threatened to do this and they did all this damage. I think we should let them go and give them another chance. I mean, that is nonsense. We don't need to be spending money doing that. So I would say get rid of 80% of the government. Uh, and you say, well, where in the thunder did you get those ideas? Well, the Constitution sort of suggests that thing. And if, if everybody followed the Constitution, and everybody in Congress, do you know that everybody I met in Congress, I saw them pick up their hand and raise it up and swear an oath to keep the Constitution. So I guess I should relax and just figure, well, they've taken the oath and they will obey it. Well, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a stretch, I'll tell you that. But uh, I think we sh sh should have goals, and that's why we had the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity with a sincere belief that we had a, if we had a lot less government, we would have a lot better chances of gaining peace and prosperity. Those are our goals. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.